This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. USDA will release its November supply demand or WASDE report on Tuesday. Traders have been positioning ahead of that report. Standard Grain President Joe Vaklovic is not looking for friendly numbers on Tuesday. The trade expects that USDA will increase its carryout estimate. They think USDA is going to go from a 320 million bushel carryout up to 362. Uh, that number, in reality, is well north of 400 million bushels. It may be closer to 500 million bushels, depending on who you ask. And Vaklovic says that is not fresh news to anyone who's been paying attention. The export sales program uh, is just not good. We lost a month worth of, sh of shipments, basically, as a result of the hurricane. Um, I think sales are running. They're, they're more than 30% behind last year's pace. And USDA is telling us, as of their most recent report, that we're only going to lose 7%. So USDA is going to come down with that export projection. They may increase the size of the soybean crop or their crop estimate uh, for this 2021 growing season. You've got good weather in Brazil. Uh, you've got a number of negative factors in regard to these beans in particular. Comstock Investments market analyst Joe Camps says next year's acreage will also get attention. A lot of changing expectations already for acres next year, and then also expectations that are uh, different for this upcoming crop report. So that's what we're talking about coming into this end of the week is what to expect for Tuesday's crop production and WASDE updates where we'll, where we'll have our next uh, chance for the USDA to update yields, for example. Martinson Ag Risk Management President Randy Martinson says the livestock markets are finding support on those weaker grain markets. That's exactly what's happening. We've been waiting for the cattle markets to see a little bit of strength because we, you know, we got tight supplies. You know, we've been seeing, you know, demand has been good, especially in the export side. Box beef prices have kind of priced us out of the market, but we're finally starting to see a little bit of a turn in that market. I think, you know, better cash uh, and uh, the expectation of tight supplies. Zaner Group Ag Hedge Lead Ted Seifred says the livestock markets are also seeing a technical trade. We've been trading in this overall range between 130 and 140 for some time, since basically the end of August. And we've been in this sort of shallow uptrend with what we did Wednesday, Thursday, I'm sorry, Thursday, Friday, and Monday was go down and test the lower end of this channel. Today we're bouncing off that very well. So a lot of technicals happening here today, uh, and it's a nice bounce off of support being helped by feeder cattle. So you like what you're seeing there in the cattle, but you also wonder if there's really any reason to move out of this range that we've been in. North Star Commodity Chief Analyst Mark Schultz says cattle fundamentals do look good. However, the lean hog markets are sluggish. We're just not seeing any movement uh, to the upside there. In fact, they continue to go down, and that makes it pretty hard for the futures to gain any type of momentum uh, to trade higher. So we're seeing a little bit of a pullback there. Uh, and I think that would be the one you just got to watch to see if the if they uh, cash and cutouts start to firm up. Then I could see some support, but other than that, uh, pretty difficult. Cattle, you know, we had three days of down. Uh, I think we just ran out of uh, people there. I do like the fundamentals much better on the cattle. It looks like eventually you're going to have less and less cattle coming to market, and I still think the demand has been awfully good for the beef, but I think it continues to stay that way. The Federal Reserve announced plans to begin scaling back its bond-buying stimulus program this month and end it by next June. In a statement released on Wednesday, Fed officials say they still anticipate inflation to fall because the recent high readings reflect factors that are transitory. 
The Fed held its benchmark interest rate unchanged. That's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Growers like to work with Proceed because our programs are simple to understand. We have a fair price and we have great products to fit their area. Knowing the area, knowing their land, we're able to give them the products that do the best job for them that in turn increases their bottom line. We don't just try to sell the seed and walk away. We want to make sure it gets into the bin and gets into the bank at the end of the day. Serving farmers from Foston, Monoman, Ada, Crookston, and Thief River Falls to Jamestown, Langdon, Devils Lake, Castleton, Mayville, and Grafton. This is the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business, and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA reports, farm policy, and trade issues. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it on the Red River Farm Network. Go online or on your smartphone to rrfn.com. You can click on news, podcasts, radio stations, and more. With a look at this week in news, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. The latest ag economy barometer from Purdue University shows a small decline in U.S. farmer attitudes. Purdue University Director of Economics Michael Langmeyer says the concern is centered on four issues. One is higher input costs, another one is government policies, another bucket is lower crop and livestock prices, and then the fi final bucket or the fourth bucket is COVID's impact. And 45% uh, of the survey respondents indicate that higher input costs is their biggest concern. And so I think that's the real story here uh, with, the, with the relative weakness in the ag economy barometer, uh, particularly uh, compared to earlier this year, is, is concerns related to, to higher input costs. Farm input costs have skyrocketed. University of Minnesota Extension Grain Marketing Economist Ed Usset says there is another thing that's known in the industry. Is the opportunity for a selling price for next year. And I think despite the higher input costs, but you're looking at new crop pricing opportunities in corn, for example, you got December 22 corn at five and a half dollars. Considering a, a wider basis as you'd enjoy up in, up in the valley, up in the uh, northern plains, you're probably going to do okay with that uh, despite higher input costs. So you just can't look at one side of the equation. You have to look at the total. You have to look at the input costs, yes, they're up, but look at the output and the price available. That's way up to. With the turn of the calendar, fall insurance price discovery period is complete. The final reference price is $5.37 per bushel for corn and $12.30 per bushel for soybeans. The corn price was up 17% from spring to fall, and soybeans increased nearly 4%. By this time next week, North Dakota lawmakers will be in Bismarck for a special session. The two big items on the agenda are redistricting and deciding how to spend the $1.1 billion in American Rescue Plan funds. North Dakota Farmers Union Government Relations Director Matt Perdue is interested to see how the North Dakota legislature spends that money. Both the House and Senate appropriations, interim appropriations committees, had a pretty strong focus on infrastructure, and I think that's really going to be the cornerstone of what the focus is heading into the special session. There's $317 million there for road and bridge projects, with $17 million 
reserved for uh, township projects, $50 million, I believe, set aside for county projects specifically. So that is a huge win. The South Dakota legislature will also be meeting in a special session next week to address redistricting. South Dakota Farm Bureau lobbyist Michael Held says another thing being considered is an update on land assessments. Land on pasture in non-crop situations uh, has crop soils and our present system, the soil determines what the assessment is going to be. There are some situations, particularly in western South Dakota, ends up being a large burden on the grassland owner uh, because you can't get the returns. Uh, that will be an issue in the legislative session. South Dakota lawmakers still have not decided how to move forward with the remaining COVID relief money. Minnesota lawmakers did not meet in a special session this fall. With the 2022 full legislative session 90 days away, ag lobbyist Bruce Clavin does not think there will be a special session at all this year. The reason there was going to be a special session in September was over the allocation of $250 million. It was set aside during the normal budget process this year for essential workers. There was a task force of House and Senate members and governor's representatives that were going to recommend how to divvy that money up to essential workers, who would be eligible and how much. Essentially, there's a stalemate on that issue. And because they can't agree on that, Governor Waltz won't call a special session. The second underlying reason why there won't be a special session is the threat that the health commissioner, Jan Malcolm, will be voted down by the Senate. Without having a special session, Minnesota Senator Tori Westrom is not confident how drought aid for livestock producers and farmers will be coming. In fact, the aid packages may change ahead of that upcoming full session in 2022. CHS finished strong in the final quarter of fiscal year 2021 with net farm income at $554 million, a 31% increase from last year. That's a look at this week in news. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. From too much moisture to not enough. We've seen quite a range of weather these past few years. And although we don't know what the next growing season will look like, we do know that there are options to help mitigate against risk. A multi-peril crop insurance policy through Egg Country Farm Credit Services gives you peace of mind while protecting your bottom line. Turn to the experts in every field. Contact Egg Country Farm Credit Services today. World Weather Incorporated Senior Meteorologist Drew Lerner is your trusted source for agricultural weather. From the Northern Plains, we will see a little pocket of additional cooling taking place in the northeast corner of North Dakota and northwestern Minnesota. To South America, it looks like Argentina will be dry for a few more days, and Brazil will see scattered showers and thunderstorms benefiting many crop areas. Drew Lerner, only on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Randy Conan. The latest drought monitor, which includes activity through this past Tuesday, shows there were some solid improvements across the Dakotas, Minnesota, Iowa, and even some parts of Nebraska. AgriSampo North America, though, is saying issues in Texas, Oklahoma, and Wisconsin saw very little change week over week latest U.S. drought monitor was being released while farmers were reviewing the past growing season at the Minnesota Ag and Food Summit in Minneapolis. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Don Wick was there and filed this update. 
Randy, late season rains have improved conditions, but Minnesota Agriculture Commissioner Tom Peterson says 30% of Minnesota remains in severe drought. It's kind of really lingered from St. Cloud North uh, for farmers. We're real are concerned still about the amount of feed that we have availability uh, for some of those farmers that I talked to. The forage prices are pretty high, so we see farmers on the eastern side of the state getting beet pulp from the western side of the state. The governor just signed an executive order again today to waive hours of service for moving feed and, or moving feed and forage around the state. And hopefully uh, the legislature would still uh, add some help for some of those farmers too. We'll see if that happens. Due to a political stalemate, a special legislative session to deal with drought relief is not likely. We would still make the case for it in the general session. By that time, we're into February, but I, uh, you know, by the time we would get anything started, but I think some, you know, help with some of those farmers. The state has a surplus right now. It'd be really helpful to help pay a bill or two for, you know, a lot of the um, farmers and ranchers that I talk to. It, it would be helpful. And we know this. We've done this with dairy farmers in the past, and I can tell you that it was important to helping them uh, get through this. So we'll see what happens, but fingers crossed. Minnesota Governor Tim Walz addressed the agri-growth meeting. Walls praised the agriculture sector for the resilience and innovation seen during the pandemic. More controversial issues, such as the standoff with the legislature or the Clean Car Initiative, were not addressed. Reporting for the Red River Farm Network, I'm Don Wick. Thanks, Don. Decent prices are incentivizing farmers to plant more winter wheat this fall. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Kara Hart had this report. While winter wheat is emerging in the Dakotas, Kansas farmers aren't done planting. USDA's National Ag Statistics Service says winter wheat planting is at 90% complete in the state. Kansas Wheat Vice President of Research, Aaron Harries. I think ultimately at the end of the year, we're probably going to be uh, maybe in a little bit of an uptick in acres, even from last year, and that's due to the weather and, and the market are the two main factors on that. Harry says there's good emergence where the winter wheat was planted into moisture earlier this fall. Conditions are now drier in the western third of Kansas and the later planted winter wheat is being impacted. Central Kansas has been fairly wet, so things are looking good there. Although that has delayed a harvest, and there are some acres of wheat that might go back in after soybeans yet. Uh, time will tell just how long harvest takes. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Kara Hart for the Red River Farm Network. Northern Brazil is expected to see frequent rains over the next couple of weeks, slowing field work and even causing some flooding. World Weather Incorporated said parts of central and northern Monte Grosso could see as much as 5 to 10 inches of rain over the next couple of weeks. Central and southern Brazil will dry down with a good mix of rain and sunshine over the next couple of weeks, allowing field work to advance. And regular rounds of rain will continue through uh, the week in, in Argentina, improving soil moisture in the driest areas. World Weather says soil moisture should be favorable for planting and crop establishment across much of Argentina. That's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. At Asgro, farmers love to talk about the soybean bushels we help them yield. But all we can talk about is the one bushel we didn't. You know, that one buried deep in the genetics we haven't extracted yet. We're going to find that bushel. Some might call our passion for one more bushel, quote, slightly embarrassing, or quote, totally cringy, Dad. They don't understand every bushel matters. We do. That's why Asgro leads the way. Always read and follow green marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. 
Before I started working as a soil scientist. Before I became a systems engineer. I found out science is cool. I did my first lab experiment. In 4-H. In 4-H. You never know when a spark will ignite the imagination. That's why 4-H is fostering one million new scientists and engineers for America's future workforce. With the help of companies and universities around the country. One million new scientists. One million new ideas. Learn more at 4-H.org.